There was an idea. The Avengers initiative. I'm gonna do this all day. I'm a superhero. I've come to bargain. I love you, please, Hansen. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You should have gone for the head. And I... Wakanda forever! Why is Gamora? Iron Man. We are... Welcome to a special edition of Marvel Standom. Recently at New York Comic Con, we sent Den of Geek correspondent Sam Stone to speak with comic book writer Jed McKay. McKay is a well of creativity, having written many different characters for Marvel over the years, including Black Cat, Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, Iron Cat, and most recently, The Avengers. Sam and Jed had a great conversation at NYCC, and we'll gladly share it with you after this message from our sponsor, eBay eBay is the premier destination for collecting comics both old and new. Whether it's that highly sought after iconic comic or an obscure niche that speaks directly to you, odds are you'll certainly find it on eBay. Here's a list of comics that are must-haves for any fan of Jed McKay. X-Men to serve and protect four. McKay began his Marvel writing career in an auspicious manner, penning a short backup story included in the final issue of the X-Men series to serve and protect. But McKay makes the most of his limited page count by focusing on a fan favorite, the disco-themed mutant Dazzler. McKay teams Dazzler with the Daughters of the Dragon, better known as Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, to compete in a cosmic roller derby contest of champions against baddies such as Claw, Razor Fist, and Modorb, aka a mental organism designed only for roller derby, of course. Edge of Spider-Geddon 1. Toby Brown the Spider-Punk is so cool that even poor, jealous Miles Morales couldn't stay mad at him. Viewers only got a taste of Spider-Punk's righteous anarchy in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, but anyone hungry for more anti-authoritarian heroics should check out McKay's issue of the anthology series Edge of Spider-Geddon. McKay takes readers to Earth-138, where squatter Hobie Brown got bit by a radioactive spider and does battle with super-powered oppressors such as Thunderstrike and Kang the Conglomerator. McKay puts an incredible punk rock spin on familiar Marvel characters, giving us a more extreme look at superheroes. Man Without Fear 1 Daredevil has had an embarrassment of riches when it comes to creatives, and McKay continued that tradition with the five-part miniseries Man Without Fear. Then again, Man Without Fear isn't really about Daredevil. It's about the whole left when an injury takes out Matt Murdock, and the many people who step up to defend Hell's Kitchen. In the first issue of the series, McKay focuses on the most unlikely hero of Hell's Kitchen, Matt's partner and best friend Foggy Nelson. Foggy never dons Hornhead's red tights, but he does good by providing moral support to Matt, encouraging his friend to keep up the good fight, proving that it's not just Murdoch who has the bravery to be a hero. Moon Knight 1 As MCU fans might be able to guess, Moon Knight is one of the weirdest characters from the House of Ideas. Appropriately, writers have had some pretty interesting takes on Mark Spector and his multiple personalities. McKay's Moon Knight run begins with Mark Spector at a surprisingly good place in his life, relatively speaking. More comfortable with his position as the protector of travelers at night, Moon Knight opens the Midnight Mission, a way for citizens to contact him directly to request his help. Through the Midnight Mission, McKay finds a way to give Moon Knight more traditional superheroics without sacrificing the unique nature of his situation. 
McKay pits Moon Knight against vampires, a serial killer, and other dark beasties, and keeps the Moon God Khonshu in the background, always ready to ruin the lives of Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and Jake Lockley. Find all of these comics and more on eBay today. And now, back to the show. Hey, here we are at New York Comic Con 2023 at the uh, eBay booth. Uh, I'm here with Jed McKay, who's writing all your favorite Marvel books, everything from Avengers to Doctor Strange to the upcoming Death of Moon Knight. Jed, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, of course, of course. Great to, uh, great to be here. So let's go ahead and talk about Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I mean, you've got quite the lineup. You've got two different captains. You've got Scarlet Witch. You've got, you know, you've got quite the team. Like, how is it, like, what was it about this ensemble you really wanted to explore? Going into it, I really wanted this to feel like it was all of Marvel's biggest heroes. You know, all the heroes that you couldn't, you know, leave out without feeling like there was someone missing. You know, Thor, Iron Man, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Uh, just, just what I wanted to assemble is what I thought the idea is when someone thinks, who are the Avengers? What was it about kind of basically putting them through a gauntlet with the tribulation events and, and, and the impossible city? Uh, well, the fall of the impossible impossible city uh, is just the first of the tribulation events that will uh, uh, afflict the Avengers and yeah like, here's the thing they're the Avengers they're tough they can take it and if they're not having if they're not having a good day it means we are what is it about kind of like I mean Kang is everywhere these days in the MCU obviously has a major presence and warning the Avengers about the Ashen Combine and everything that's coming up what was it about kind of incorporating Kang in this way and just kind of giving the Avengers the heads up of what what they're in for uh, I find that I don't think a comic is complete until there's someone with thigh-high purple striped boots. So generally, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, but no, in general, I think Kang is one of the iconic Avengers uh, villains, one who is, you know, pretty much solely an Avenger villain. You know, it's, it's he's fully within their wheelhouse, and I really wanted to work with that character because having an icon, you know, a team of iconic characters, you got to have an iconic villain or iconic antagonist. But twisting that idea a little bit and maybe giving thing, giving people something they weren't fully expecting. You know, between Black Cat and Moon Knight, like you had done a lot of kind of like grounded level like like work. Now you're going full on cosmic. Like, how is it embracing that like just the sheer scope of the Marvel Universe with Avengers? It's hard. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, working with the Avengers is a you know we're working on a scale I've never I've never experienced before. Uh, I'm used to you know people punching people in alleys or maybe stealing cars, not you know punching out giant uh, alien robots and uh, fighting interdimensional living cities. So it's a real, it's a real adjustment. Uh, I think that I've certainly learned a lot from this first arc as we just kind of capped it off here yesterday. And uh, I'm looking forward to taking what I've learned and uh, applying it as we go forward. You know, in speaking of Moon Knight, you've got, I mean, this is something that's been building for a long time with the Midnight Mission and everything. What is it about kind of like the legacy of Mark Spector as in the, you know, our, our favorite Fist of Conchu that, uh, that you really wanted to put through the ringer with this story? I mean, from the beginning up till where we're at now, it was always about what does it look like when Mark Spector has a new lease on life? Um, you know, Mark Spector and Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant, when this whole system has a new chance to start over, start the life over. And ultimately what, does, what that means is eventually that new lease on life, you know, leases run out. He was always a character that like towed the darkness, obviously. Like, and but I always found it very. I mean, there was a communal aspect, a community aspect to the Midnight Mission. What was it about kind of bringing that sensibility to somebody who's previously been known for being a loner? I mean, that's what you always do with a loner, right? It's it's always very fun to say, oh, this character's a loner. I'm a loner. I'm a lone wolf. But it doesn't really mean anything until you see what that looks like when either that 
sort of aspect is pushing people away or when you know the people can't be pushed away. When we see you know, every lone wolf character really does need someone, uh, regardless of whether or not they think they deserve it. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the artwork. How is it working with, like, you know, Ivan on Avengers and, you know, it's just the murderer's row of artists that you've got on all these books? I mean, it's incredible. You know, CFIA was, uh, we worked together on Black Cat. He was the guy I asked specifically for when we started the book. Uh, Ivan Fiorelli uh, stepping in to uh, finish up that arc. He's done extraordinary work. Um, then, you know, out launching Moon Knight with Alessandro Capuccio. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a young guy, he's hungry, and he's leveling up so quickly. Um, you know, you look at his first issue and his last issue, and it's just amazing. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Federico Sabatini stepping in for fill-ins on Moon Knight, uh, just really stepping up his game. Yeah, of course, uh, Pascal Ferry on Doctor, Death, on Doctor Strange, who is, you know, he began his career in Doctor Strange, and it's, it's so great to see him coming back to that character and, and doing it in a way no one else can. In talking about Doctor Strange, um, well, Clea is a huge focus on you know on the story that you're telling. Like, what was it about exploring the uh, you know honestly somebody that that tends to get overlooked sometimes in the Doctor Strange mythos and kind of in integrating her into your story? Uh, well, Clea, it's kind of funny when Clea sort of dragged the spotlight on herself um, as I was writing Death of Doctor Strange. Uh, it was a it was dictated from on high that we had to you know bring Clea in. And basically, as soon as she, I started working and working into the script, uh, I was like, "Wow, this character is actually extraordinary. I really like this character." And I was like, "This was where the emotional linchpin of the story was. Uh, you know, this this estranged couple, this death, this loss, this grief. Um, it was you know a late in the game realization that oh wait, this is where the story is, not what I had planned originally. And carrying that forward in Strange with Clea as the Sorcerer Supreme." Uh, and now in Doctor Strange, where we've seen some difficulties between Clea and uh, Steven and how that is, you know, hopefully resolving moving forward. You've spent quite a bit of time in Steven Strange's shoes and the entire magical corner of the, of the Marvel Universe. What do you think it is about the Marvel, uh, the magic side that you find unique in comparison to the rest of the Marvel Universe? Uh, I think it's interesting because the magical side of the Marvel Universe has been kind of siloed off from the rest of it. It just because it has its own essential weirdness. Um, you know, anytime a Marvel superhero runs into magic, generally that's time for a Doctor Strange cameo. You know, I, I was joking earlier on a panel that I think Doctor Strange, maybe after Wolverine, is like the most guest starring character uh, in all of Marvel. Because every time magic comes, it's a great time to bring in old Doctor Strange. So it's been, and it's been fun to look at it from the other side where this is Strange's whole world. You know, to him, he's not the guy who just pops in here and there. He's the guy who keeps getting called. Over, over, back to over adventures. Has there has there been a character that's really like surprised you getting the chance to write them for the first time? Uh, yeah, I mean, starting off, um, I was really surprised with how much fun I was having with uh, Black Panther, uh, where he was left at the end of his last run, and also in um, Captain America: Symbol of Truth. Uh, I thought it was really interesting, a Black Panther that was, you know, at odds with most of the Avengers and what that looks like, given that he had, you know, gone from being the leader of the Avengers previously, the chairman. So, uh, you know, I've had a lot of fun with that. And uh, the Vision as well, you know, I, I love the Vision. Uh, getting to work with him has been great. And um, I think probably also Thor. I've been having fun with Thor lately. Across that entire ensemble, what was it about pairing T'Challa with Sam Wilson to infiltrate the, uh, the Impossible City? Uh, I mean, in part, it seemed to make the most sense, um, given that they are not the characters who have the most, you know, direct application of force. 
Uh, so them doing a commando raid while the other ones essentially take the hits uh, just sort of made tactical sense. But, you know, Sam T'Challa, they had a big throwdown in uh, Symbol of Truth. And I wanted to explore what the relationship looks like after that. You know, these are, these are people who, at this point in time, don't like each other very much. But at the end of the day, they're still Avengers. I, I did want to shine the light, especially with her movie coming out soon. Carol Danvers, you know, Carol Danvers is the heavy hitter on the team. Like, what was it about kind of like having her play such a central role, like, you know, Captain Marvel here on, on the Avengers? Uh, for the sake of Twitter, I will say she is a heavy hitter on the team. <laughs> Thor, Wanda, Iron Man, yes, they're all also very strong. Um, it just seemed to fit. It seemed like the right time for, to put Carol in a leadership role. And uh, I like contrasting some of her more impulsive or brash qualities against the, uh, the, you know, the necessities of leadership. Um, she's, like any good leader, she's someone who needs advisors. You know, she needs someone who's to fill in uh, you know, her blind spots when it comes to certain decisions. So I think it's really interesting. And also, you know, she's a character who has a pedigree that goes way, way back. You know, she's been connected with the X-Men. She's been an Avenger. She's been, you know, she's had multiple identities uh, over the years. And I think she's just a great character that uh, it just seems like the right time. Jed, I got time for one more. Sure. It's always the tricky one. All right. What can you tease as, you know, we enter the, uh, you know, you've got so many plates spinning. What can you tease about, about the Avengers or Moon Knight or Doctor Strange in the, in the near future? I can say that there's going to be something that's going to shake things up for all of them uh, coming in the horizon and in a way that perhaps no one really saw coming. And you heard it here first. This is Den of Geek at the eBay studio here, or eBay booth here on uh, New York Comic Con 2023 show floor. And be sure to read Avengers, Death of Moon Knight, and Doctor Strange. Jed, thanks for taking the time. No problem. That's it for this episode of Marvel's Standom. Make sure you're subscribing to us wherever you're watching or listening right now. Don't forget to check out our web home of denofgeek.com where you can find all our Marvel coverage. You can also follow us at Den of Geek US on Twitter and Den of Geek on Instagram. If you need more, all episodes of Marvel's Standom are available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks once again to the sponsor of this episode, eBay, be sure to check them out for all your Marvel collectibles. This has been Marvel Standom on the Den of Geek Network. Until next time, be good to each other and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Marvel Standom, produced by Andrew Halley, Kirsten Howard, and Joe George. Hosted by Kirsten Howard. Editing and graphics by Andrew Halley. Social media coordinator, Lee Parham. Additional artwork by Chloe Lewis. Production assistant, Michael R. Music license from soundstripe.com. Marvel Standom is a production of the Den of Geek Network. For more information, visit denofgeek.com.